This is the Busy People Podcast hosted by Nicole Hope and Victoria Albuquerque. Dropping knowledge on all things health, wellness, and lifestyle because you're never too busy to learn something new. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode five of the Busy People podcast, and we are here today to give you an interview that will help all of us love ourselves a little bit more. We have Heidi Jones here today, who is speaking with us all the way from Dubai. Heidi's awesome. She's a certified health coach. She has um, a great podcast called the Heidi Jones Coaching Podcast. She focuses um, mainly on women balancing their careers, health, and lifestyle goals. And I think, um, I don't know about you, Nick, I loved this episode. I love talking with Heidi because self-compassion can mean so many things, but I think she helps kind of break it down and give actionable tasks and takeaways um, for just all of us that are just so busy focusing on other people, making everyone else happy, um, to take a little bit of time out for ourselves and not just get a facial, but really do the work to, um, to love ourselves a little bit more. Yeah. So let's all listen to this amazing interview with Heidi. Okay. Hi everyone. I think we're good. Yeah. Welcome to the busy people podcast. I'm Nicole Hope. I'm Victoria Albuquerque. Today we are interviewing Heidi Jones and she is going to talk to us about self-compassion and give us some tips for busy people who are trying to keep up with everything. So Heidi, would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you so much for joining us and tell us a little bit about why you decided to be a health coach. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely love this concept. And I became a health coach at a time when I was looking at kind of redirecting my career. So I have been a teacher prior to being a coach for 10 years. And it's just something I've always loved to help people. That's something that I am just kind of, I think I'm just made for. And so coaching actually was a really great transition career. And I think the the first piece was I needed to do some inner work and coaching was what helped me do that. And then from there, I was like, wow, this is a great career. If I can help people do this inner work as well and help them kind of set their their future up in a direction that really makes them feel fulfilled and, you know, brings meaning and more happiness to their life as I'm going to see if I can sort of transfer the skills that I had and and my experience into a coaching situation. And um, yes, seven years later, I'm still loving what I do. So it was uh, definitely the right step. That's awesome. I'm I'm also a teacher and Mm -hmm. transitioned into health coaching doing both. So I understand that wanting to help people and um, it is a great career. So that's awesome. So do you think that you're when you're coaching is the self-compassion one of the things that you're best known for? Or is that just one aspect that you talk about with your clients? Do you know what? I think as I've grown as a coach, self-compassion has become more ingrained into my coaching when I first moved into coaching, obviously the health coaching and the well-being side, self-compassion wasn't really something I really took much notice of. Even though I did a lot of the work myself on it, because I really, you know, I had to really change my own inner talk, you know, that self-talk that I had, I actually wasn't really connecting loads of the dots there moving forward into my coaching. And it wasn't until, you know, 
I'd say a good few years now, a few years ago, and I just kind of had this realization that all the women that I'm talking to have this same negative belief that they're not enough. And the same conversations were coming up and the same self-negative self-talk was coming up. And I just ended up doing a lot of work on helping people reframe those sort of inner critic, you know, voices that they heard and, and how to move forward with their goals and kind of their vision from a place of compassion rather than I'm not good enough, so I have to get better at. It was kind of this shift in mindset towards moving forward to something they wanted to achieve and, and change, obviously, as well. When we change, we often can look at ourselves from a negative point of view that we've got to change because we're not good enough. And this is where I kind of like was like, hang on a minute, there's something to this. I need to really delve into this a lot more and help people move forward in a way that actually you are enough as you are now, but you just want to maybe create change in your life to, you know, bring more of what it is, you know, that brings happiness and joy and, you know, sense of purpose into your life. So that's kind of how it evolved. And I'm mostly known for vision and goals. And then this self-compassion piece is now kind of part of it. It's like all three pieces are together now. Very cool. That makes sense. And you need, that's an aspect that obviously is going to be woven throughout whatever journey you're taking right absolutely yeah yeah but I found just women just find it so easy to be mean to themselves (laughs) so I was like right we need to change this (laughs) so what Heidi what are some of the first things you talk about with your clients when you want to kind of um I guess explain self-compassion to them and start that start that change start that journey yeah so first of all it's helping them connect with themselves and getting them to come a little bit more aware of if it's focusing on self-compassion it's getting to become aware of what it is that they say to themselves how do they motivate or think they motivate themselves to move forward and take action because obviously my or I'm sure all coaching is the same but my coaching is very practical and action orientated so I really do like to help people make progress by taking steps and Obviously, when it comes to our thoughts, they're not tangible, but how we actually behave next is tangible. So what I do is help people or encourage people to just to pause, to slow down and to start listening to themselves. What are the words that they say to themselves? What are the things that they say to themselves when they're moving throughout their day? You know, is it, oh, you should have done this? Is it, I knew I wouldn't be able to do that. I always get this wrong. I'm never going to be able to do it. And kind of like just helping them hear what they're saying. And because most of the time you don't actually realize how much negative self-talk you actually say to yourself. And when we kind of break it all down, we write it down, you know, in a journal or we get to actually see it in black and white. It helps us kind of reflect on actually, yeah, this, this is what I do and I need to sort of you know, change the way I move forward because it isn't helping. Um, So it's a self-awareness piece first, getting them to see what's going on with self-compassion. And then with that, we would turn it into more of a a tangible kind of action, which might be a self-compassion journal. It might be looking at a situation that comes up because we all have situations pretty much every day where we can easily beat ourselves up over it could be in a meeting that didn't go well it could be with our kids it could you know whatever it could be even driving to work and you kind of lose your head because you're just like stuck in traffic and you and you're stressed out so it's kind of being able to look at a situation and then look at yourself 
through the eyes of compassion. So I always say, well, let's look at it as if you were talking to your best friend. What would you say to your best friend who is in that situation, feeling the way you do, and kind of get them to write it out so it becomes more of an action rather than just kind of thinking about everything in their heads because that's when it becomes a bit uh, unclear and a bit overwhelming. Right, and I guess I was curious from your experience, what, you know, why is it so important, especially for women to practice self-compassion, especially now and, you know, and, and what are some of the, I guess, <clears throat> uh, challenges or situations that could come up if, if they don't practice this? Yeah, absolutely. I think going back to the negative beliefs that women hold and the top one that comes up is I'm not enough. The other one is I'm not clever enough. Another one is I'm not, you know, thin enough or pretty enough. Yeah. Or I, there's one around money as well. So it's like these, these core beliefs that so many women hold that feed into their self-talk. See, they feed into this kind of like inner critic. Yeah. And so whenever they go and move forward with a goal that is going to come up every time they face maybe some hardship because it's an in you know really deep rooted belief that they're holding about themselves and so i give you an example i can relate to was when i started my running journey and this was 10 years ago i hadn't really ran before that now now i absolutely love it but i only learned to love running through being able to be compassionate with my journey and with myself towards becoming a runner. Because every time I stopped, this kind of like stop-start approach, it was because I couldn't take what I was saying to myself. It was, you're never gonna be able to do it. Oh my God, look at you running. Everyone's gonna be thinking, oh my God, what is she even, why is she even trying? You know, she's never gonna be a runner. You know, and I felt heavy and everything was just uncomfortable. And so if I listened to that inner critic, which I had done many times before, I would stop and think it's not for me. But until I kind of took those words and reframed them and thought, hang on a minute, if I can approach this with a much more kinder attitude to myself, what will happen? So I was just open to trying it. And when I was able to do it in a kinder way. So it was like, okay, your run wasn't so great today. That's fine. You've got, you're tired. You've got tired legs. Of course, you're not going to be able to run very far today. Tomorrow, why don't you have a rest day? And then it's like, just talking to you, it's very much around talking to yourself. Um, and, uh, and I'd be like, right, okay, yeah. Oh, you did a great run. Recognize that this was a fantastic run today. You did everything that you set out to do and you would, you know, you feel great. Remember this moment because it's so easy to remember the, the bad stuff over the good stuff. And again, that's where like keeping a bit of a compassionate log can really help. And so this is why it's so important because whenever women, or you know, ambitious women, they're gonna take on goals. But if they keep failing at those goals or if they keep, you know, they keep themselves back, hold themselves back because this inner belief is stopping them and all this kind of inner, you know, inner dialogue is coming up um it's just such a, a waste of potential that's kind of how right. i see it and you know that knock-on effect is more anxiety it's we don't take care of ourselves as much because we don't think we're worthy enough you know we put other people before ourselves more you know and it, it's it, it's very habitual you know a lot of the stuff we're doing is habitual and so we need to kind of 
take a step back and look a bit deeper, see what how we're treating ourselves and then go out and actually start working on the things that we want to create in our life. And um, you're just going to have so much more success and enjoy it. <laughs> I hate people right. that take on goals where they're really, de- you know, they deprive themselves or they, you know, really push themselves to breaking point because that's how they think they've got to, you know, be to achieve. And it's like, actually, you can go out and achieve so much more if you are kinder to yourself. Yeah. And I think, I know you bring up self-awareness and I think that's such an important part of this because, um, yeah, like you mentioned, so often these feelings or these thoughts come up and we just completely ignore them and stop what we're doing or, um, you know, whatever the case is. But yeah, once you actually are honest with yourself and are listening, then that's when you can start to make the changes. So um, I, I love that. I, I guess, why do you think this is a mindset that's so often ignored? Um, I think going back to that sense of habitual sort of thinking and patterns. So a lot of the time, you know, we learn particular behaviors and, and beliefs and thoughts from a young age. And then we have all these experiences in our lives and, and we do our best to protect ourselves and get ourselves through things. And we take it into our lives now, often not taking the time to kind of look at what worked then versus what works now. And yeah. so, yeah, so often we can take what worked in the past into what we want to go and achieve in the future, but it actually, it kind of conflicts or it doesn't really leverage the skill sets that we now have from being through all those experiences. And so we kind of just go with it. And so kind of taking that approach of um, a bit of, you know, introspect, a bit of self-reflection and just being like, hang on a minute, who am I now and who do I need to be to move forward in a way that helps me experience more, you know, more of the things I want in my life. And, you know, when people come and see a coach, ultimately everyone just wants to be happier healthier you know live with more purpose and passion so we've all got a common theme and so I know that they're there because they want to experience more of that and so moving forward I'm like well we need to make sure that your attitude towards it is coming from the right place and that you're doing it because you feel you know this is what is meant for your life or you know you believe that you can rather than you've got to you know beat yourself up in order to get better yeah And then in terms of, you know, some of the benefits that people who have a high sense of self-compassion, would you say there's kind of, um, you know, you could bullet point the the top benefits that you'll uh, see or or feel, but, or is it more of um, like tailored to each individual based on what their goals are? Yeah, I think you're going to have unique experiences, but overall you are going to, enjoy the process of taking on a goal a lot more you are going to be able to manage your emotions in much healthier ways because if you're being kinder to yourself and you're learning this element of like okay i'm going to stop and pause i'm going to actually listen to myself allowing yourself to feel emotions is a much healthier way than kind of you know just sort of fighting through them so everyone gets to experience that as well and it also has this real great piece around positivity and and cultivating a more positive approach or mindset to pretty much everything that you do so this isn't something that just 
you'll take into your personal life. This really helps in your professional life as well because you're just looking at yourself differently. Yeah, so it is. there are so many benefits. So, you know, we try to give our listeners these steps if they want to start, you know, if they're like, well, now that, I've li- now that I'm listening to this, I want to try to be more self-compassionate. So if you have some, a client coming to you and this is, you know, you see that this is an issue or they notice it's an issue, um, what would you say is the first step toward practicing more self-compassion? I know you mentioned journaling before. I don't know if that's the first step or is there something else that you recommend? Yeah, there are a couple of things, you know, and it depends where you're at. If you are someone who is like, what is this self-compassion thing about? What does she mean be kinder to myself? Like, whatever okay because i do get people that are like no i just want the goals and i want to get to the goals yeah mm-hmm. so if you're one of those and then you are able to just add in a piece of reflection work you might be able to learn more about your process and what actually helps motivate you and perhaps what demotivates you or triggers you to kind of fall off track yeah because often it's this kind of like negative self-talk that can make us fall off track so definitely if you're someone who is like on off with goals, um, is to simply do an exercise I absolutely love and I tell everyone to do is um, what went well, even better if. So Nicole, you've probably heard of it. I used to do it as a teacher. This is how I used to like mark all my books. And it's at the end of each evening, or if that's too much, each week, just list down everything that went well for you in that day. Because what you're going to, recognize is so many things went well and if you just focus on well what would be even better if tomorrow you can look at one thing that's realistic for you to then maybe integrate into your next day because what what I've seen is we focus on all the things we didn't do and then we beat ourselves up and then try and do all of them again the next day and then beat ourselves up again when we don't get through that huge list and so by looking at it from a positive perspective, this like positive attitude, you can then actually be like, yeah, actually, I did all of that today. That was, that's not bad. I didn't even realize I did half that stuff. So if I focus on this one thing, you're making those like small marginal gains over the course of time. So it's like a consistent self-compassion practice. And that's what I would do for people who are really at the beginning of their self-compassion journey. And if someone who recognizes that they do have like a real mean girl inside their head, you know, that will pick up on every single thing that doesn't go right and then will send them in a sort of spiral, that's where I would say, right, you've got to write that circumstance out. Don't let it fester in your mind. Don't take it with you into the the next day or even the next moment. It's about just kind of letting it all out for what ha- you know for what it is. You know, we all make mistakes, we all do things wrong, we all, you know, react in ways that we don't want to. But if we write it all out and just see it for what it is like objectively, you can then say okay, this happened. If I was this is where I love to use the um, the concept of uh, talking to yourself as if you were a best friend, your own best friend, and just kind of write down what you would say if that was your best friend writing out that circumstance yeah so you're able to go if this was my best mate who just told me this happened what would you actually say to them 
And most of the time, it, you would never say what was on that piece of paper that you said about yourself, <laughs> ever. You know, you would never say those things. So when you write it out from that perspective, you're able to say, oh yeah, oh yeah, everyone makes mistakes. Oh yeah, actually it wasn't a real big deal. Definitely catastrophize what's going on. Mm-hmm. I need to maybe chill out a little bit and focus on what's really important. You know, like the things that you would say to your best friend to help them get over it and move on. Right. And it just helps you see it a little bit more clearly. But it's really important to write it and to just not do it in your head because those inner critic thoughts will always win. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that, that's a great tip. Um, I definitely believe in, in writing things out also. Mm-hmm. And you talked about the negative spiral a couple of times. Um, do you find that, that we, you know, the writing it out is the best way to get out of it? I mean, if you have a client who's who's really finding themselves consistently every day starting back at zero where you know they have they feel like they have to do everything again or they just are still having this negative talk is it still the writing is the best i think a journaling practice is an important piece that would be one thing but i think when you go on a a coaching journey yeah or you start off trying to learn more about yourself and and better your life in some way whether that's personal or professional You've got to see it as a step into a step into curiosity of what's going to work for you because we don't know. Nobody really knows what's going to work for them until they've actually been out and tried it. And so journaling is like one tool, one thing that you can use to help you. I know that journaling for me isn't something I practice every single day. At one point, it really did. I had to do it every single day. It helped me uncover so many things. And now I refer to journaling when I know I'm having these like feelings of change coming up. I have to journal it out. So that's one tool that I can kind of pick out the toolkit. And so when you move forward, if you are keeping, you know, keep bringing up these like negative thoughts or you go into these spirals on a daily basis and journaling isn't working to help you stop it in that moment, it's about, right, what else does? What else is there that I can maybe practice? And I think a lot of the stuff that comes with our mind is, we're often far too fast paced in life you know we're very busy and so we need to take that there could be another approach where okay maybe you need to just slow down a little bit and so it, you know that's where I would bring up things such as uh, mindfulness so it could be you know maybe going out for a walk every day maybe it's meditating some people find that really useful um, and yeah and just seeing it as an opportunity to find out okay well what's going to work for me and then once you do it's like a golden nugget you're like yes this is my thing this works for me and I'm going to use that but it's just a practice isn't it it's like giving yourself the opportunity to find out is kind of the hardest part because we all want it to happen straight away we want the instant results and it often just doesn't work like that I love that approach because you can be hard on yourself when someone tells you, oh, this is, uh, you know, yoga works for me or meditation works for me and it doesn't work for you. Then we're even harder on ourselves. Like, well, it's, I, I can't even try anymore. Exactly. It's not going to work. So allowing yourself to try different things and know not everything's going to work for you and really find your path. I mean, that will lead to longevity and, you know, I, I love that. That's yeah, fantastic. absolutely. You're creating a toolkit that's unique to you. And once you, mm-hmm. you know, delve into your unique strengths your unique traits that's when you are living at your truest kind of like you know potential your truest self and that's where we're kind of all aspiring to be i think 
Sure. Yeah, it takes time. I'm, I think that what people don't realize is that it takes a lot of time to really learn about yourself because we are so busy and we're going through the day worrying a lot of times about other people. And then we put ourselves last. And it's like, you know, if you start with 10 minutes of whether whatever it is, walking, journaling, meditating, ultimately, you know, that it has to, you have to stay consistent with something because you uncover a little bit about yourself each time. And it does take a long time to figure out what works for you and like what your own, you know, demons are, what your own, whatever that negative talk is. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's part of self-compassion is realizing that it's not just like one, one size fits all for everybody. And you have to realize, figure out what works for you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just had a question about the journaling because I think people who don't journal at all, probably it might feel like unnatural to write about themselves and talk about themselves. You know, um, do you do like a stream of consciousness writing just kind of like pages or do you use prompts? Do you find that one works better than the other or do you suggest one over the other for your clients? Well, or again, this, yeah, this is a very individual practice, isn't it? I think with journaling, you do, again, have to give yourself that chance to experiment with what works and at different times in your life. Sometimes there's going to be sort of seasons where you can probably wake up every morning and do a practice like morning pages and, you know, and just, you know, use that golden hour in the morning and just write everything that comes up for you. And then there'll be times where you're like, I cannot think of anything worse than doing that. There's not a chance I can fit that in my morning. What you can do is maybe at the evening, just give yourself five minutes to write down how did your day go or what went, like that exercise that I like to use my, with right. my clients is what went well today, even better if that can take five minutes. And um, kind of just recognizing that if there's a particular thing that you're wanting to uncover or to delve into deeper using journaling prompts can be so helpful because sometimes when you're just staring at a blank page it's really hard to write you know I'm like I don't know what my thought what is even the point I don't know what to write but if you have some structured journaling prompts before you know it you're like writing things you never even realized you were thinking about or had inside and you're like this is insightful and this is where it, you can kind of learn a lot more about yourself and use it to your advantage so that's what yeah. i would recommend yeah yeah that's great um and for people who feel like i definitely have no time for this i don't have time to take a walk i don't have time to journal i definitely don't have time to meditate you know i have multiple kids jobs husband wife whatever um how do you help them make space for a little bit of self-care do you suggest scheduling it into the day ahead of time or um, what do you what's your recommendation i always have two approaches here one is if someone is very time short and they but they are reaching out for a reason they're like i, I really need to see change but i feel like there's zero time in my day but i am open to trying something then you're able to work together and you're able to integrate maybe small tweaks throughout the day to see if they can start practicing, whether it's slowing down, whether it's just making space to breathe, whether it's just delving into some um, inner kind of practices so they can learn more about what's going on. But if someone's at a place where they're like, I just can't do this, and it's, it's having that 
tr- sort of real conversation with them and go, you, what the first step is, is to kind of outline your values and your priorities. Because then that's going to make it clear if what you're doing is going to work for the long term or is it something that will need to change eventually? Because if you keep going down that path, you're completely out of line with what it is you want for your life. So that's kind of the approach. It's like, if you're too busy, it's fine. If you, you know, it's okay. But if you know, if you've got this like internal pull that keeps coming up and saying something needs to change, I think you've got to listen to that inner voice. And the only way to do it is to make it a priority which sometimes yeah. we don't have time for. And that's when you have to kind of allow yourself, okay, at the moment I can't do it, but after this project's out the way or, you know, my kids are a bit older, perhaps that's when I'm going to take some time. That reminds me, I don't know what that quote is, but it's like, if you don't have 20 minutes to meditate, you should be meditating for two hours or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. But you've got to be open to hearing it, haven't you? You know, yeah. right, it's, um, right. it's one of those, like you can't coach someone who doesn't want to be, coached it's uh, it's a it's all it's a it's a relationship isn't it? it's a two-way process and so if someone wants change I will do everything I can to support them and help them do that but they then have to accept the responsibility that the change is down to them and so it's kind of like helping them delve into that a little bit and uh, yeah and uh, sometimes it's not a very comfortable place to be but that right. you know we grow outside our comfort zone and it's kind of supporting them through that. Yeah, and I think, you know, letting them know that even if it's just little, small changes, that it, it will lead to bigger ones as, as well. And, you know, that's okay oh, <laughs> to start yeah. somewhere. It's always about the small stuff. I always say the small steps with flexibility, some consistency and patience, just goes, it just goes such a, a long way. Yeah. Well, Heidi, before you leave us, is there anything that you can leave our listeners with with that will motivate them to start treating themselves with compassion? Yeah, I, you know what, I think number one is just to be kind to yourself is looking at how you treat your best friend versus how you treat yourself. And just kind of take a moment to think what you would do for them versus what you would do for yourself. And if you're not doing anything that you would do for your best friend, for yourself, then you know perhaps it's time to start doing some of those things. Yeah, right. to start integrating <laughs> maybe one one thing, maybe it's a pat on the back, you know, maybe it's um, just letting, letting yourself have some time off for a dance with some music or, or whatever it is, you know, let yourself have a latte rather than um, skimping on buying yourself something. You know, it's like, it can be so many different things, but I would definitely take the time to do that. And I, I also have a five-day challenge coming up. So if anyone does want oh, support, great. it's free. It's going to be on Instagram and it's a five-day be kind to yourself challenge. So I'm sharing five things that you can do in oh, that wow. day. Um, and so over the course of a week, you've got a toolkit of five exercises to take away with you. So yeah, people can feel free to Love join that. that. Mm. That's great. What, what, um, what's your mantra, if you have one, that keeps you motivated every day? My mantra is that I always, I always delve into, no matter what situation you're in, you got yourself here. 
And sometimes it feels really motivating. And sometimes it's a little bit of a kick in the gut because if things aren't going right, it's like, damn it. <laughs> but yeah. it always motivates me to go, yeah, you're, you're responsible for every moment of this day. So go out and uh, do what you can to turn it into the day that you want it to be. Love that. That's, That's so funny. I'd say that in the morning, like one thing I say is I am responsible for myself. Like every, when I'm in the shower, like that's what I say. I'm like, I'm responsible for myself. So whatever I do today, it's because of me. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know? it. so, similar yeah. Thing. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. Well, um, thank you so much, Heidi, for coming on. It's been great speaking with you. I'm definitely going to look into that five day challenge. I'm excited about that. Um, how can people reach out to you if they want to learn more, if they want to get in contact and, and follow your journey? Yeah, they can come over on Instagram. I'm there pretty much every day. So that's at Heidi underscore Jones underscore coaching. And I have a website and that is HeidiJonesCoaching.com. So they're kind of like my two main sort of, what would you say? Ways to follow yep. <laughs> and connect. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. We're so grateful that you spent some of your busy day with us and all the way from Dubai. We're in New Jersey, so, so obviously <laughs> we're far away, but connected. Um, yes. And really, we appreciate all the tips. And I'm sure that all of our listeners will come away with something they can use right away, which is, which is the goal. So thank you so much. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Busy People Podcast. You can find highlights from today's episode in the show notes. Please support us by sharing this episode, leaving a rating or review, and subscribing to the show. And to catch all the latest from us, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Busy People Podcast. Join us next time for another enlightening conversation because you're never too busy to learn something new.